Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Give it to- Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you. Thank you, where we analyze, we think, we like to think, the hottest trends uh, and happenings and congratulate ourselves on the things that we got right and really marvel at the fact that we noticed anything at all, considering that both of us spend most of our days in our little radio hidey holes. I love my little radio hidey hole. Sometimes things come to me in here. Oh. You know? Like I read them in. on the internet is what I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> I was, really, oh. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound him. cooler. The UPS guy comes and I'm yeah, like, right. Hey, yeah. Let me tell you about a thing. You brought me a trend. That's what Brown did for me today. I'm telling you, we're we're virtual like we're proof that virtual life is just as rich and varied. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you tell us world. otherwise. <laughs> I've got access to dogs and cider. What more do I need? Yeah. And the internet. I'm good to go. Right. Uh, And delivery. Delivery is an important aspect, I think. We had um, the cluckin' chicken delivered yesterday. Okay. I've never heard of it. It's a a simple chicken, fried chicken sandwich shop. So you can get your fried chicken tenders or your wrap or your bowl or your sandwich. I'm into that. Yeah. I'm into that. And And it's like, oh, and you get to choose mild or spicy. Okay. Yeah. Simple, real simple. It's like in and out simple, but for fried chicken. Yum. That's really good. Yeah, we've been ordering from a fried chicken place, but it's kind of... No. It's not, you know, it's not consistent. Consistency is really hard in restaurants. Although I do think that fried chicken sandwiches, well, they've never not been a thing. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's a permanent thing, right? (laughs) It's never, yeah. That will never not be a thing. I mean, they've gotten fancier. And there's that a place was one near of, me that does it with sort of like a Vietnamese-style coleslaw and a sweet spicy uh-huh. sauce. Yeah, yeah. So well, one of my fancier. biggest surprises going to Seoul, South Korea, was learning the whole Korean chicken scene. Oh. Because I had seen Korean fried chicken here in California, and I just assumed like, oh, it's like a fusion, right? They took our fried chicken, did a Korean spin. No, 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 no. They've got the whole Korean fried chicken thing going on in Korea. It's, it's a big deal. Beer yeah. and chicken is like a thing people crave or want to go do. My God. I mean, I'm craving that now. Going to a baseball game, they have the fried chicken people outside that will sell you the box of fried chicken with little gloves for you to use while you eat it in the in the ballpark. Or you can pay the higher prices for the actual KFC chicken inside what? the ballpark. No way. Yeah. Oh my God, I love this. I have to go immediately. That is so cool. That's such a good like little glimpse. I've never heard that before. I love it. That's not even a thing. That's just free. That that's just, just bonus is. material. You want oh, more that. like that, you got to become a patron. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually that kind of bonus material is not uh, in the regular old episode. Yeah, yeah. That's a freebie, though. I know. Yeah. Well, speak, okay, speaking of the regular old episode, 
Shall we begin? Yeah, so um, I went to Disneyland. Uh, it was my wife and I's present to each other uh, was to go to Disneyland because they have the new Star Wars thing there. And when I was there, I noticed, and Eileen mentioned this too, way more ECVs, the electronic convenience or electric convenience vehicles, the the, the mm-hmm. scooters, right? Mm-hmm. The things Scooter. people sit in and drive around in. Uh, and not people who were old, or even necessarily like a lot of times they're associated with weight gain, right? Not yeah. not even obviously needing that. Like I wonder, like oh, these must be people with joint problems, or or maybe they get out of breath or whatever. Uh, and then I in my head while I'm looking around and I'm seeing all this, and and by the way, I'm this is I'm not slamming this. Like these these people, I they need them. That helps them get around. Disneyland is great at accommodating that sort of thing. There was yeah. somebody on the Millennium Falcon with one of these. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. Like anybody can get anywhere. This is great. Uh, but in my head, I thought, oh, there, there seems to be more people or I'm noticing more people using them. And we also are putting people on scooters in this country right? <laughs> and rolling them around in our neighborhoods. Like wheeled mobility is bigger than ever just in general yeah interesting i i guess it's true that i used to not see those scooters as much and now i think they are really common and commonly provided yeah like i've I've been in grocery stores that have them available if somebody needs them yeah definitely but you feel like you notice that many more hmm i mean wheeled mobility without a doubt in terms of like last mile stuff and little scooters and just sort of rolling yourself around in various ways is a bigger thing. And those little, and actually I do see like all different kinds too. Like there's electric skateboards and there's those little, the ones, the ones that look like, uh, the ones that you just stand on and it's two wheels and there's no handle and they just roll around. Yeah. And there are all kinds of, it kind of, um, Makes me wonder if we aren't inching a little closer to Wally after all. Well, and that's that came up with Eileen and I. Like, is yeah. this, are we headed towards Wally with this? Like, right. is, you know, or or is this just no? These are people who wouldn't otherwise be able to do the things that they're doing for whatever reason. Right. Although, it, I wonder. Like, does it feed on itself at some point? Are you basically just like, oh, I never like the less people walk, the less they'll want. Right. To. And the, and the more they'll need assistance because they don't walk, so they can't walk as far. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're sort of saying that there were people in scooters who didn't have an obvious need for them, then, I mean, I I don't want to speculate. Like, I yeah, right. To, I don't know, but you do sort of wonder at some point, like, when do we tip over and it just starts to feed on itself and everybody is in chairs all the time. But it, I wouldn't want to be, and I know plenty of other people would not want to be if they didn't right. have to be, right? So it's. I think there's a limit of people who are who would take advantage of it. I think it's probably a small slice of people who would take advantage of it if they don't need it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And ultimately, I do. I I agree with you that it's a great thing. Like I think, like my mom is an example of someone who there's a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't plan because she just isn't that mobile, but. If I knew that there were mobility for her at all of those places, I would definitely be more inclined to be like, yeah, let's go here. Let's do that. You mm-hmm. know, it makes Disneyland. In fact, she is the, she, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago went to Disney World and was like, yeah, it was great. Normally I would, she has neuropathy really bad uh-huh. from diabetes and um, uh, was like, yeah, it was great. I thought I was not just have to hang out in the hotel room, but I got a little scooter. Yeah. And I just remember her telling me that and being like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. That you would have 
a little scooter. I'm not trying to say that the wheel is a thing. <laughs> That's, I'm not getting that basic. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that, oh, we've won the accessibility war by any stretch, right? Uh, but it's certainly having an effect. It's mm-hmm. it's certainly making it, it's, it's becoming easier in a way that, like you say, people are like, oh, I didn't think I'd be able to do this at all. And I, right. I just have to stay in the hotel room and they don't. And the idea of too far to walk is kind of going away. That's like, true, too. I see mm-hmm. that in the Bay Area all the time because of all the little scooters. Mm-hmm. That that really, it used to be like, ugh, this is going to be so annoying to get here because I have to take part. And then it's just like a little too far to walk. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a mile and a half or maybe a mile. And that's not a bad walk. It's just that it's like 15, 20 minutes with red lights and I'm going to be late and blah, blah, blah. And now... You get off Bart, and there's like four different ways yeah. to roll bike, to wherever you want to go. Yeah, whatever. There's a bike, there's a scooter, there's an actual, like, you know, motorized scooter. Like, there's a whole bunch of different options. Hmm. All right, what do you got for me? Fascinating. I like that. Um, I am excited to report that although it's been my thing for a while, because I've been obsessed with the three body problem. Mm-hmm. As everyone well knows, because I'm obsessed and I talk about it all the time, and it's really annoying. Chinese mm-hmm. sci-fi is a thing. This is a cool one because Chinese sci-fi just is getting into translation, like mm-hmm. Three Body Problem, for instance, exactly. and we're getting to see a whole new take on sci-fi. That if you're worried, like, oh, it's just all going to be uh, communist propaganda, no, it's not. No, not at all. You know, but it's, it's really different. But it's different. I mean, it is. Yeah. And so it's so it's cool because so the three body problem I think was has been legitimately a thing and I didn't really realize it when I started reading it but I noticed that like people were really recommending it and then I think it became a thing at some point because it was like on Obama's reading list and mm-hmm. so that was sort of a thing but Lu Shishin who wrote the three body problem is also no sorry yeah. Shishin yeah. Lu? Shishin Lu, yes. Lu Shishin. You can you, you know, can actually depend you can claim to be saying it right either way. <laughs> either way, which is outstanding. Yeah. Um was published in English in twenty fourteen and so and his books have really taken off. And then The Wandering Earth was the first one the first one of his stories to be adapted into a like a really big budget Chinese movie and now is on Netflix. And there was this whole article in The Economist about how China's, like, specific type of sci-fi, which is very dark and very grand, like, really big in terms Mm -hmm. of perspective. If you read Three Body Problem, you know that you're talking about literally the scale of the life of the universe. (laughs) No big. And Wandering Earth is about humans trying to move the Earth to a safer location in the universe. Like, they don't mess around. Lu Shishin, in particular, does not mess around with the idea of perspective, but apparently that's somewhat common in Chinese sci-fi, and it's just sort of like, and it's just going to, you know, pave the way since his books have been so successful. Yeah, The Wandering Earth is is pretty impressive, uh, both in production value and storytelling, and it is dark. It's very post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the 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 not to be spoilery here, but this is, you know, if you read the Netflix description, I think you get this. Uh, <laughs> the earth uh, is about to be destroyed by the sun. <laughs> and so we have to move it or else we'll all die. Right. Which... It's, that's a big project. 
And it's just that, yeah, yeah. And there's something, I mean, I just find it super, what I, one of the things I loved about Three Body Problem was that it was so really distinctively Chinese, right? Like yeah. the whole, I mean, it starts with the cultural revolution and struggle sessions and, and then just sort of really has this very specific Chinese cultural tone throughout. And that's just really interesting all by itself. And then the idea that things take place at this scale is kind of like, could that only come out of a country that built the Great Wall? Like, I don't know. It's just really, it's just really interesting. And it does seem to be, I bit my own tongue there, by the way. That's what you just heard happen. Um, but it is super interesting. And I, I just think it's really interesting that it's becoming like, it's, well, a thing. Yeah. Let me just. Uh, the Wandering Earth is al- also interesting because China has an international effort uh, uh, represented in this. Mm-hmm. And. It's really interesting to see who Chinese filmmakers decide to include in an international effort. We're we're very used to Hollywood having the United States, very right. obviously, <laughs> and then then the UK and Canada, and then I don't know, maybe somebody from Europe or Mexico or Guatemala. I don't know. We'll throw somebody else in there. Uh, the United States, I think you get a glimpse of a U.S. flag on somebody's arm once, maybe, but yeah. otherwise, not really that instrumental in this. That is fascinating and totally true. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole, it's, I was actually just talking to someone today about how there aren't as many comedies in movie theaters anymore. Like, we just haven't made that right. Like, you know, you just notice there aren't that many comedies, but there are lots more, like, big superhero movies or Mm -hmm. big, like, Mm -hmm. blockbusters with some sort of, like, you know, robotic things or whatever. And, like, you, or The Meg, like, you really only have to look to American cinema to see the power of the Chinese influence already. And it really is like, apparently, uh, comedies don't play that well in China. Which makes sense, because it's cultural, most of the comedy stuff. Here's my worry, though. Um, It's the the fact that we are now seeing a uh, retrenchment in China on permissiveness in the culture. And some of that is Xi Jinping thought being implemented some of it is in reaction to the trade war uh and the way the united states is behaving towards china but i have read some things about and and these are more tv than movie but i i I think it applies to both uh about things that they used to be pretty sure they could get through the censors not being able to get through the censors and so i hope that doesn't strangle this right when it's blooming because as the economist points out Sci-fi is one of the ways you can put in some soft dissent in a society like China. And if they start cracking down, that might hurt sci-fi in China, unfortunately. And I hope it doesn't. I wonder. Apparently, sci-fi in China, I'm reading now, uh, was repressed as recently as the 80s Mm -hmm. as spiritual pollution. Yeah. So you could definitely see that possibility. Although it might be that it becomes... I mean, so Ken Liu who is the the person who translated Three Body Problem and has translated a bunch of other books, like uh, maybe there will become a big enough market in the U.S. that it will drive it just from a capitalist way. But yeah, no, you're totally right. But yeah, totally and, right. and that is problematic. With the TV shows, a lot of the what they're saying is we used to be able to like show iPhones and talk talk about very Western ways of living in, mm. in like teen romances and comedies and, and things like that. Uh, and that is that is less approved of. So maybe it won't hit sci-fi as much because sci-fi doesn't have to show that that aspect of things. You know, that could help explain why some of the Chinese sci-fi is such a big scale 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it if, could. if you want to, if you want to sidestep problems at home, right. just go straight to aliens or the sun about to destroy the earth. Or, or you don't want to be earth. like you're being you're being too European. You're being too American in your movie. Just be like, well, we're on Saturn. So <laughs> guess what? <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't totally. Matter. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and this this uh, plays quite nicely into my other thing for today. Uh, it, it was a side note in another story. I saw someone. I think it was a story about Chinese tourism, maybe. But the story referred to see Hanukville, Cambodia, as the Chinese Monaco. Hmm. And I was like, first of all, never heard of this place. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. All these words are what now? Second of all. Uh, Chinese gambling tourism is a thing, apparently, uh, enough so that this tiny village in Cambodia has been transformed. And, and, and I think Monaco is better than Las Vegas because it's not, it's not about the, the conspicuous consumption. It's, it's pretty much about the gambling. It's hmm. maybe old fashioned Las Vegas. Uh, but it's it's the classy place to go gamble as a Chinese tourist that's not Western, right? right. If they're like, well, right. but we don't want to go to Monaco or we don't want to go to Las Vegas, that causes problems. We want to go somewhere a little less controversial <laughs> for the people <laughs> approving our travel. Uh, how about Cambodia? Whoa. Holiday in Cambodia, for real. Like, this, this town has had protests against the pace of development. Because there's so much Chinese investment going into making this the place for Chinese people to go gamble. So they don't have to go to other places. This is fascinating. Wow, you are not kidding, though, about this, again, the scale. Not to keep saying that word, but yeah, the right? investment. Like one of them, one of the resorts is a billion dollar resort. Like a project that is in progress now. That will be in chi- Chinese and Malaysian run. And it's called Wisney World. <laughs> oh, that's just great. Gonna go, just, gonna go. just let that one fly right by. <laughs> just degaff. I'm just saying. And this that's... has happened in like two years, according to this article. Oh my god! This like is two crazy. years ago, it was a sleepy beach town, right? Had some yeah. tourism because it was a beach town, but it has now suddenly become this gargantuan thing. How did you find out about this? I don't remember what I was reading that referred to the Cambodia thing, but then I just went searching for it because I was like, a Chinese Monaco, you say? A Chinese must, Monaco, eh? I must know more about this. Sihanoukville. curious. Look out Macau. Well, because, you know, kind of a wider trend is this uh, idea that China, as it becomes wealthier and, and more stable over the, over the decades, mm-hmm. uh, is creating its own version of things, right? It's got its own version of the internet, for goodness sake. You mean like Wisney World? Like Wisney World, yes. <laughs> that is really interesting. You know, I mean, we are, we are veering well into geopolitics, but yeah, yes, yeah. Like, turns out China is a thing. And, and it is Cambodia, I mean, then there's the whole Cambodia side of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. most people in the United States anyway probably think of Cambodia as that place that had revolutions and was a was a side problem during the Vietnam War. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's getting Chinese money. Uh, yep. I'm not saying Cambodia doesn't have a lot of problems to solve still, uh, but you know, you 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 can go and pretend like it doesn't at Disney World. Oh my god! Well, I mean, it's. <laughs> What is also interesting in the geopolitical way is you look at the places that China is essentially colonizing, like mm-hmm. 
I mean, so even if it's China just with money, right? Just, yeah. With, yeah. Oh, yeah. With money. Right. Yeah. I mean, like investment in Africa, mm-hmm. investment mm-hmm. in Cambodia, clearly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Say the say the say the name of the town one more time. So it's a test. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, uh, anyone who speaks Cambodian and can tell me how to properly pronounce this, please, it's a thing. Uh, feedback at it's a thing.me. I've been saying Sihanoukville. It's probably wrong. Sihanoukville. Yeah, no idea. But I love that. But you, I wish you guys could see uh, our rundown where we put our things and they're usually pretty easy. And then, you know, Tom's is like, Sihanoukville, Cambodia, Chinese, <laughs> Monaco. And I'm like, I can't wait to see where What you're is going this word this salad that I guess? <laughs> My my uh my final thing is so pedestrian by comparison, but it is a thing, and I would like to apologize in advance for what is about to happen. Mm. But when I say what happens, what happens in your brain, Tom? Mm-hmm, when I go, mm-hmm. you are nothing. My fire, nothing. I want it that, that way. way. Uh, I yep. want it that way. Took that second phrase, but then it clicked. Is a thing. This song, I don't know why, but it's like a giant meme thing, and it's back, and I actually think it may have been, it's possible it was bubbling up as like a 90s nostalgia thing, but then it really hit hard with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There was like this pretty incredible cold open Uh, uh, where they, yeah, where he gets like a a lineup, like a crime lineup to sing I Want It That Way. Um, and now it's just like, it's a meme song. It's everywhere. And it's so, there's like a Geico commercial now where someone's singing I Want It That Way as karaoke. And I didn't, I just thought it was ambient. Like, oh, everybody loves that song. And then my son is the one who tipped me off to the fact that like, it's all over. For whatever reason, it's it's the one. And they all know it and they know all the words. And 1999 is cool again. It's so cool again. And this is just the latest incarnation and now that we have just sung even these tiny these tiny amounts of that song, you too are going to have it reverberating in your head. It's probably a thing because you can't get rid of it. Yeah, it just will stick around. Thank you, Molly. Appreciate that. <laughs> My one desire. I'm going to have to play Gloria yes, after the show to get it out. It's too late. <laughs> oh my God. I listened to Gloria like 10,000 times. 10,000 times. And then on the 9,999th time, I listened to the lyrics and I was like, whoa, this song. Oh, yeah. No, you can't can't do that. Because if you listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh, this is a really sad song. (laughs) Poor Gloria. messed up. She's definitely headed for problems, apparently. Yeah, whoa. And also, uh, our narrator is really judging her hard. Yeah, the narrator is not okay with Gloria's life choices. No. Man, that song is brutal. I want it that way. It's just sort of a like a nice little sexy love song. Yeah, maybe. We, well, yeah. Don't listen to the lyrics of Gloria, but if you find Tell yourself listening why. to them, why I want it that way could clear it out. Ain't nothing but a heartache. So good. So good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we get some great feedback from folks, and we really appreciate it. Thanks to it. Avila. Uh, who wrote in and said, I wanted to add to the discussion from episode 66 because like Molly, I too am overrun with bra ads on Instagram. Boom! First, the popularity of wireless bras and bralettes. Some are sporty, others are more fashion-focused. Aerie has had a selection for many years. 
And Lively is the brand I see ads for all the time. Hmm. Second, I do think this trend is due to market response. There is a subreddit called A Bra That Fits that has been promoting better bra options for many years, often from smaller European brands that aren't widely distributed in the U.S., but are accessible thanks to the Internet. Also, Kickstarter has helped some smaller U.S.-based brands get started by using some of the same construction and sizing techniques. Also, apropos of nothing, seaweed seems to be the next big thing in food and skincare based on recent travels and my friend purchasing seaweed bitters. I'll report back once I've tried a seaweed old-fashioned aged by sound waves. Thanks, Avila. Seaweed bitters? <laughs> Interesting. That's amazing. Also, uh, I haven't heard of Airy or Lively, so I love the idea that we're getting separate, you know, we're getting separate bra feeds and there are just that many of them. Right, right. Good triangulation. But Um. I really do love the, I love the fact that the wireless and the bralettes are going away. Like, thank you, Mm -hmm. world, for finally catching on to the fact that we want to live. And I can confirm the seaweed from the skincare side uh, as I gaze at my wife's uh, Korean beauty product closet every day. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, also, a bra that fits is the greatest subreddit of all time because it includes <laughs> topics on such important questions as what the hell kind of undergarment am I supposed to wear with this fancy dress? Ah, so you Ladies crowdsource the problem. Nice. Of the world. Yeah. When you're just like, I- I'm, what is this, like stickers? <laughs> anyway, stickers are, that's a thing. Jason Freshwater writes in and says, I have noticed and wonders if, if this is a thing. I've noticed when out that young people are basically paying for everything with gift cards Instead of cash or other means. Most of these are probably teenagers who are not old enough to have their own account. Thanks for the show. That is the prepaid card thing Mm. is super common with kids because it's sort of an easy way to budget them. Yeah. And get them used to the idea of paying for stuff. And and I guess like then you don't hand them cash that they could lose. I don't know. But it is. They could lose the card. But yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. But that's interesting. I don't I don't know that I've I mean as discussed earlier in the show we don't leave the house a lot so I haven't noticed this but I do know that like trading in gift cards, buying gift cards at a discount, that kind of thing happens a lot. So I wonder if there's any connection between that. And then Samantha wrote, hi, guys, Bob Ross has never not been a thing. That's probably (laughs) true. Uh, Maybe it's resurging, but I would argue he never went away. Don't call it a comeback. Bob Ross has been here for years. (laughs) Thank you, Samantha. Uh, Twitch still streams his episodes every weekend. He has a serial and board games. Most of his seasons are available on Amazon Prime. My 10 and 6-year-olds love him. Oh, I love that. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. I'm happy to hear that he never went away. But I am just saying that he did get elevated a tiny bit by his own museum show. Yeah, Resurgence. I think that Resurgence Resurgence is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, but he was bubbling under the surface the whole time, which is, frankly, as it should be. It was just a happy little accident that he had a resurgence. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, please keep the feedback coming. We love it. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. I think we get the best emails of any show I've ever been a part of. They're so good. So because good. they are so interesting and there are so many things. I started out there. to answer one, not answer one. I started to refer to one on D- Daily Tech News show and then stop like, wait, that wasn't there from DTS. That was that's, it's a that's thing. The wrong thing. That's, it. that's the wrong they're thing. Just, yeah, they're just good. They stick in your head. It's kind of like. I'm going to overthink it for just a second because that's my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like why 
I wanted to be a journalist because I realized like I didn't have any stories to invent in my brain, but everybody mm. else around me has all these great stories. And when you read the It's a Thing inbox, you're basically like, everyone is so interesting. Like yeah. everyone's into something different and they have some different thing story to tell about where they live or what they're into. And you get this like incredible actual diversity of topics and experiences that's just like fantastic. Yeah. Our things spark your things, which then spark more things. It's great. I love it. Love it. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. And if you want to support the show, uh, we'd love to have you as a patron. Patreon.com slash it's a thing. Thank you so much to everyone who already does support us. It is incredible. And it keeps the show going. Uh, and, you know, then you get the bonus content. Yeah. It's and you can be it. in the Discord, chat with other people about their things, even listen to the show when we record live if you can figure out when we're going to do it because we don't know. <laughs> we'll tell you. We tell you. Eventually. We tell you right before we do it. We promise. Sort of. Bye. <laughs> we'll talk to you again next time. I don't need no hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.